Welcome to the Black Women Unfiltered podcast, a podcast that explores the unfiltered journeys of Black women in discovering their purpose, owning their truth, and embracing their path of self-growth. This podcast encourages Black women to use their voices to reflect on their life experiences and expound on their truths that shape them into the woman they are now. This is Black Women Unfiltered, and I'm your host, Whitney Sam. Hi, babe. Welcome to the show. Hey, girl. (laughs) Well, I know people are probably wondering why I brought a man onto Black Woman Unfiltered podcast, but this specific episode is about marriage, and I figured that I couldn't really talk about marriage or the filter part of marriage without my life partner, which is you. Okay, I agree, baby. You agree? Okay. So tell the people how we met. Let's let's give them a little background about us. Okay. So um, we met through online dating app called Plenty of Fish. And I slid in her DMs. I did. Um, so let this be a lesson, fellas. Shoot your shot. The only shots that don't go in is the ones you don't take. <laughs> <laughs> okay with the motivational <laughs> message anyway got to continue. got to uplift black man continue so goofy okay, okay. so yeah so now i uh i sent her a message and i said uh what are you doing on here right you look way too you know smart and intelligent to be on here like what are you doing and she replied excuse me and I was just like, yeah, well, what you doing here? Just don't like your cup of tea. And from there, conversation started happening, you know, um, and we agreed to meet up and go on a date. But she stood me up. Well, I stood you up because I was sick and I was coughing. And I didn't think, I think our first date was supposed to be a coffee shop. I didn't think it was cute to get like coffee and be coughing. And then, you know, this is like pre-COVID, but I want you to think like I had like all these germs and stuff. And I was, you know, I was trying to be cute for you. And I do remember you sliding in my DMs and being rude. And I did like a whole profile check, like, "Mm." because I couldn't even see your face. You had like a hat on and a hoodie on. I was like, this could go really bad, but Mm -hmm. it worked out. But then, so I, I ditched you or I what is it called fluke the first date but I feel like we ended up having a better first date because I showed up we were texting that day and you were just like you were home early and you were just like oh you want to come by you were talking about cooking and then I was like oh I'm hungry you know you want to come by for lunch and I was like really and you're like yeah the rest of the day off mind you I didn't know what you did yet so I was like oh, okay and you're like yeah you could pull up and so, like, when you shooted me the address and I was like, oh, you stay on base, I was like, oh, man, he's military. I was really trying to get away from military men, but I guess God saw otherwise. Hey. I wasn't hey. dating. Stop it. Hey. I just didn't want, y'all are no, okay, I'm not going to get into that. Um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Please expound. Y'all are known for, for being, like, 
flakes like really involved and then like y'all will just disappear because of that um and I know I'm like speaking general but I'm speaking about the the men that I had encountered you guys get really clingy but you also know how to like distance yourself and compartmentalize which I found out due to the type of deployments y'all do like y'all can be in the moment and then detach so fast so that's what I was saying about that but anyways I digress you're absolutely right I agree with that okay oh good yeah 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 but um so I showed up and you know you cooked me you know fish and broccoli and you know you had wine you had my favorite wine you had my favorite movie and you gave me like a foot massage it was a really good date you know obviously because I didn't go anywhere like you know and but for me, it was that while we were talking, like I didn't even realize, but you were asking me like what was my favorite movie and what wine I liked. And um, even though that was super risky to just come and meet you off the fly, you know, it worked out. But you know what though, what you didn't know about that situation? What? Our dates started in the house and look at us now, seven years later, our dates are still in the house. Oh. <laughs> so we dated and then we got engaged in 2015 so tell the tell the people how you proposed well uh for some reason or whatnot we were discussing rings and what kind of rings we would like what's your style what matches your skin tone do you like gold white gold you know so we was like you know let's just one day we're at the mall, let's just go look at ring. Let's go, you know, window shopping for rings or whatever. So we pull up to, I want to say Zales maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking around at rings and you pick up one and you're like, oh, this one is pretty. And you're like, oh, this one is really beautiful. I love this one. This is it. I love this. This is the ring that I, I don't even know if I'll be able to find this one again. So, you know, you make this big hoop, hoopla about this ring. What? I didn't say all that. You did. No, you did. You did. I don't know if you remember. You know, I don't. You was all foo-foo gaze on it. No. Okay. I mean, maybe. I still love it to this day, so you could be right. That's good. I mean, I ain't got upgraded. Uh, lies. Anyway, <laughs> lies. Major lies. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. But yeah, so um, I said, okay, well, let me go ahead and uh, run a credit check and see how much it would be. Uh, Master, could you pick us up, up something to eat while I'm doing it? And I was like, okay. So you left out and I told the cashier, I said, you know what? I'm going to buy this ring today. I said, can you make this happen for me as fast as possible? And she said, I got you. And she went typing away and she went ahead and got everything approved, everything signed up, um, receipt in hand, everything. Everything was done by the time you got back. And by the time you got back, I told you, I said, you know what, babe? I'm sorry, it didn't work out. You know, uh, she disapproved me. Uh, my credit wasn't good enough. I apologize. I'm going I'm to see what else we can work on, we can do. And you were like, no, it's okay, babe. It's okay. And, you know, I played this the victim role. You know, I was all fake sat in the car and moping. And it was a rainy day, so it went with the mood. You know, the conditions were in my favor. So uh, when we got home, you know, you asked me, uh, is there anything you can make me to eat or a drink or anything? And I say, no, nah, I'm just a little down and sad because I really wanted to make this special for you. And you said that it doesn't matter necessarily uh, whether you can get the ring or not. Like whatever ring you can get will be enough for me. 
And when you said that, I knew this. I knew this is the person I wanted to marry. You know, so um, we kind of migrated over to the staircase. And I told you, I said, well, you don't have to worry about that because I got the ring you wanted. And I got down on one knee and I popped the question. But I was so nervous, I put the ring on the wrong finger. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly like how it went. And I just remember that moment of like an overwhelming emotion. That I think only people who get engaged know what that's like. Um, I just remember like crying and then like, you know, I started calling everybody and telling everybody and then my mama started calling and telling everybody. But that was funny because like I knew like we actually moved in a month before we got engaged and I knew you had asked for my hand in marriage because I saw my dad hug you and my dad don't hug like anybody. And he was like so excited. And I was like, he must have just asked for my hand in marriage because this man, you know, he don't he don't get that excited. So I don't know if you knew that, but I definitely knew you had asked for my hand in marriage. I didn't think we'd get engaged that fast, but, you know, we did. Mm -hmm. And so then we got married on November 5th, 2016 in beautiful San Diego, California. And then we had our little baby boy in March of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. So we are four years in. This year will be year five of marriage. And so can you tell me like a few things you like about marriage so far? Well, I mean, I think marriage is dope. Like uh, marriage is dope just for the simple fact that you have your your best friend and your partner that you do life together. Like this is your eternal drinking partner, turn up partner. This is your person who's going to take care of you when you're sick. They're going to see you at your best and your worst. Y'all going to grind together. Y'all going to shine together. Y'all do everything together. Like the marriage is so special because, you know, this person sees the true you, the you that people don't see, like when you go to work or when you're around other people, or even your closest friends, they don't get that 100 uh, percent vulnerable part of you that your spouse sees. I think that's special. I can agree with that. I, I think that is one of the best parts, like especially when you have that foundation of friendship which we didn't have in the beginning but we you know we worked on our relationship over the years and I can say like I enjoy watching you like not only as my partner but my friend grow and like being part of those big moments and seeing you know the letdowns that you have and the rejections that you get and seeing you like bounce back up and it's like so inspiring I tell you all the time you inspire me to keep pushing because you've had like a lot of obstacles in life, but you don't, you, one thing about you, you have a goal and you're going to make sure that you don't stop until you get to that goal. And a lot of people will quit along the way, but you're not one of those. Oh, babe. What's one thing you don't like about marriage? Let's keep it honest. Marriage is not a hundred percent pretty all the time. It can be quite ugly. Mm. I would say the compromise. The Explain. compromise. What's that? Explain on that. Okay, so the compromise, uh, marriage is a continual compromise. It could be something that's compromising your closet. It could be something that's <laughs> compromising uh, your little man area. 
uh, versus an office, you know. <laughs> it can be something as simple as, I don't know, like everything is a continual compromise or whatnot. But you have to be able to bend. Like uh, you have to understand it's a partnership. And whereas you may want to do something, you always have to be willing to ask for your partner's input. And a lot of times, more often than not, your partner's not going to tell you no. Like unless you just ask it for something ridiculous. <laughs> your your partner's not gonna be like, no, nah, I don't do that. It's more so, okay, cool. Um, if you choose to do this, can you keep do it with this in mind? That's true. I think one thing I don't like about marriage is compromising, but not like, but more like dying to self and compromising. So where like when you're single, you're used to moving a certain way and doing certain things and like you don't have to ask nobody and then like you get married and you have to consider your mate and not in all things but just like even like you know getting on one page about finances like usually one person is better at spending than the other and then it's like creating a budget sticking to the budget and then it's like you know you want to do something but your partner may not want to do it so how do you you know balance so for me it's just like some sometimes in marriage especially when you first get married you still have those selfish moments and habits that you have to learn to like put away and it's it's work and like no one tells you that about marriage that's another thing like marriage group is so secret but it's like we need to be telling single people certain things so that they don't set themselves up for failure in relationships mm-hmm. true so we got some Q&A questions from people who, you know, I reached out to, you know, on my Instagram. And then I text a couple friends as well, just to get their like input on kind of like what they want to know. So I asked some married people, some engaged people, some single people, people that are dating, just to see what they're, what the hype and the curiosity behind marriage is. So are you up to answering some questions? Oh, of course. Okay, so the first one is how to table a topic when you have a disagreement. Uh, we're not good at that. <laughs> mm, uh, usually I go out and get you food. Yeah, that's what you say. But I was thinking about that. And, you know, in marriage counseling, we're, we were told, like, you know, one way you can do it is you can pick a date and a time to come back and visit the situation which we all know is hard because, you know, communication is probably one of the hardest things in marriage because you consistently have to work on it. But what I was thinking about, I was like, now me and you have gotten to the point where we can actually talk about an issue in a moment, in the moment, because we've allowed honesty and transparency to come into our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I was just thinking the other day, you know, we're talking about household chores and, you know, you were feeling some kind of way. So I was like, are you feeling some kind of way? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, explain. And, you know, you said your part and I said my part. And like, it was like no hard feelings at all. But I think that's because we've worked up to that. So what I would say is, you know, try to pick a time and date to come back if the argument is in the heat of the moment. Do your best to do that. Otherwise, you keep going around in circles and you don't get anywhere. I agree. Um, things to consider, though, that can be difficult if you're two different kind of processors. 
Because, you know, I'm an external processor and you're an internal processor. That's true. Yeah. And that, that actually goes into our next question. Okay. Tips on how do you talk to your partner when one is an internal processor and the other is an external processor? Mm. Uh, so can you explain for people first what an internal processor is versus an external processor? Okay. An internal processor is someone that when they receive information or anything, they're going to think about what they say before they say it usually. They're going to think about all the outcomes, all the possibilities. They're going to take their time and process it and make sure they fully understand it. Uh, the external process are, are, are more reactive. They're going to take it and just give it, give it right back to you. And then think about the consequences, the later effects, and, you know, the down the lines after it's all said and done. Okay. So what is, what is, that's correct. What are some tips that you have um, for your external processors? And I'll give tips on the internal processor. Okay. For your external processors, I think it's very important that you know your partner, uh, their character traits and what sets them off and how they respond to certain communication, whether it's positive or negative. So when I say that meaning, uh, say your partner is tone sensitive, then you need to articulate in a way that doesn't seem like you're yelling at them or, you know, your, your tone is not in a negative manner. Uh, now, when you're uh, a positive aspect is, say, this person likes things to be explained. Uh, most people, when they're in a debate or argument or even a discussion, they're in such a rush to try to get their point across that they skip steps in explaining why. So as an internal processor, uh, they usually want to know the, all of the right steps and know who, what, when, where, and why. And as an external processor, it's your job to give that to them and not try to rush your point. Take your time. Your point ain't going nowhere. I think, I think that's what people forget in a discussion. Like They're so in a rush to just like, well, you got to understand where I'm coming from. Understand where I'm coming from. Well, take your time to remove yourself from the situation and try to understand where the other person is coming from. And you'll be a lot more considerate how you, you know, voice things. That's true. So for my internal processors, some steps or some tips that I would have. And one is, you know, marriage yours. Know if your your mate is an internal or external processor. That'll save you a lot of time. Um, if you're an internal processor, speak up for yourself and say like, hey, I need five minutes. I need 10 minutes. I need an hour to think about what just happened between us so I can get my thoughts together and come back and talk to you. You can say, hey, um, I'm not in the space right now to communicate with you. I'm angry. Can you give me some space? And I think that helps out as well. And then also another method, which I used to do, is I just let you get it out. And then I'd be like, okay, thank you for telling me how you feel. Let me get back to you in like an hour or a day, or let me just think on that. And I feel like the reason why internal processors get such like a bad rep is because like we really don't want to say nothing 
in the heat of the moment because we know how powerful our words can be. And I'm t- very tone sensitive. So I get very combative. And also I think internal processors, we don't like like combative or, you know, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Confrontational. We don't like those type of things. So like I said, speak up for yourself, take time to sit back and think and, and set up those boundaries. Those would be my tips. Next question is, how can I express to my partner in a healthy way what I am thinking or feeling? I think the easiest way to express to your partner how you're thinking or feeling is honesty and transparency. Uh, Now, the responsibility is shared between both of you guys. So as the person who wants to share their thoughts, Uh, You have a responsibility to bring to an open forum how you feel about certain things and own own your opinions, own your thoughts, like, oh, this is how I feel. Um, And your partner has a responsibility to bring you a sense of comfortability uh, that this is a safe place where they can talk and share and you're free of all judgment, of all criticism. And you're both going to come together to look for solutions together, not separately. That's true. And I think like with anything else, that's you guys have to create a safe place or a sacred space for you to be able to talk. So whether that's your bedroom, whether that's your favorite coffee spot, but, you know, have a spot where like that's your safe spot and you can be open and vulnerable with your partner. But I think it's also good to keep in mind when you want to tell your partner something that you're thinking or feeling, make sure they are in the right space to hear you. Because I know when we were like dating, I would tell you things like 10 times and say it 10 different ways. But for some reason, way 11 got to you. And I was like, why is it like that? And then I finally realized that you had to be in a certain space where you were willing to hear me out and listen to me. And I think that's important that you need to let your partner know like, hey, I have something to say to you or there's something I would like to talk to you about. Are you in the space to hear it? And if they say yes, then continue. But then if they say no, be like, okay, when are you in a space to hear it? When are you in a space to really hear me and see what I'm trying to say to you? Mm-hmm. I think that that covers that. Okay, so next question. I've read that the first five years of marriage is hard, and when people tend to separate, and that is when people tend to separate or divorce. Is the struggle really as real as the stats say? Um. Yes, yes and no. Yes and no. Yes, we almost got divorced year two. So I would say yes. That's true. But we have a unique situation as well, though. Uh, You know, our first uh, year or two of marriage, uh, we spent more time apart than we did together. And we grew. uh, We grew in different directions instead of growing together. True. Which is something we had to learn. But the distance... mm -hmm caused us to you know be connected i'll be honest be connected to other people and that's what was causing you know instead of focusing on each other because we were fighting all the time we were confiding in other people which was 
leading to, you know, other emotional feelings. And that was what was causing our divorce is that we, or brink of divorce, is that we couldn't even communicate with each other. That's true. That's true. So I would say, I would say yes, but it's not, it's not hard. Like I say, the old people say, I say it's hard because of the maturity level that you don't have until you get married. Like there's no way you can prepare to be mature for marriage. Like I don't care what anybody says as much self-work as you do, as much as you love yourself, like you won't know what it's like until you get married and until you have to compromise daily. Marriage puts like a seal on it. Like, you know, when you're um, single and a fiance, you're still considered single. But like when you're married, it's like, okay. And most people, you know, we've seen people that don't, most people want to keep their vows and commit. So they want to do the work, but it's like, you're just, you're not much, you're not prepared for that maturity. And I think that's the hard part that needs to be said is that you need to be mature in marriage and you're not prepared for that. Yeah. I think it's definitely one of those things like, um, people can talk to you about marriage till you're blue in the face, but there's no, there's no, there's no owner's manual or, you know, training wheels. It's like, once you get into it like you gotta go through all of it the good the bad the ugly and you gotta find ways to overcome it and honestly overcoming those things makes marriage so much better it makes it sweeter because everybody likes to paint you know paint you the picture of it's all like you know flowers and bubbly and the great times like but it's through the tough times that actually makes those good times better because you enjoy them. You appreciate them because you know the work that you put in to get there. Does having a supportive spouse provide an extra feeling of confidence or comfort when you hit uncertain times in life, as opposed to going, going at things on your own? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, we've been together sometimes and we've had a lot of career setbacks progressions all of that but i know for a fact that i couldn't have done none of this without you um and it's through your continued support that you know saying <laughs> i am where i am and i mm-hmm. i'll never forget that i never let you forget that you know that's why every time that's why i always tell you like when, whenever i'm like you know talking to my crew and my staff and it comes time for me to speak about you I always kind of just try to shift away from it because it makes me emotional you know you know how I feel about you know how I feel about the emotions thing I do (laughs) I would agree I would say I mean most I feel like most married people would say yes um the whole point of being married is to not go at things alone if that that makes sense like to not do things by yourself and um whether your partner is supportive or not whether you think about it, that's huge. Um, someone that's a part of your life in every aspect has impact on your life and you want them to support you and you want them to be your little motivation and keep going because at the end of the day, it is y'all versus the world. It's not you versus the world. It's y'all versus the world. And if you don't marry someone that can support you through your hard times, then I don't I don't know what to tell you. Because like you said, we've had a lot of ups and downs. And like not even just in careers, but just with like relationships and friendships. Like all those things, you know, you go through. You need your partner to support you. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. What keeps you pushing if and when things seem bleak? Which I don't think we've hit a bleak point. I think we can talk about what keeps us pushing through the hard times. That's probably more relevant to us. Um, I see what keeps me pushing is uh, I want to. It's honestly, it's, it's y'all, it's my family. Like I know that I want to be the best example I can, you know, for our, you know, our little guy, the children uh, that we, you know, in the future holds. But I want to be, I just want to be the best example I can. I want to be, um, I want to be that person that uh, you and him can come to and turn to uh, during your hard times. I want to be that. I always strive to be that guy that, like, um, you feel comfort and solace in, um, especially with all the harshness in the world. Like, I just always strive to be your safe place. Yeah, I think for me, what keeps me going when when times are hard is I made a commitment to be your lover, but I also made a commitment to being your friend and your best friend. And your best friends don't let you down. Like, even when they don't like you, they still show up for you. And there's days where I have not liked you, but I still showed up for you. And I know people are like, dang, just a commitment. But it, like, marriage is not all about love. Like, that's true. Like, love don't get you through everything. You're going to be like, is this love? You're going to have moments where you question. But, like, your commitment and your friendship with someone will pull you through. Like, you know. I will always show up for you, even when I'm mad at you or I don't like you. I don't miss those big moments in your life because am I really going to miss a big moment in your life because we got into a fight? Like, no, I'm not. And some people are that petty, but I'm Mm -hmm. not that petty. So for for me, it's the commitment. The commitment to you that I would not only be your lover, but I would be your best friend. I'm like, it's the commitment for me. I hear you. (laughs) Shut up. How important is it to have married couples in your inner group of friends, or is it not important at all? Oh, I think that's real important. And I didn't realize it until we had the conversation, because I was just like, oh, man, ain't that important. And you was like, yeah, but all of our friends, are, most of my friends are married. And I said, wow. Huh. Who knew? I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's important, uh, because y'all can relate. Y'all can relate and talk about things that you aren't, you, you aren't necessarily apt to talk about with your single friends and sometimes you may have single friends that may deter you because things that interest them may not interest you anymore like as a married man you know um i enjoy night quiet nights where you don't have any homework or work i don't have any homework or work you know pop is sleep and we're literally just enjoying sitting down watching the show quiet eating our snacks that is a bomb night for me you know, for one of my single friends, that may be boring. They may want to go out, turn up, get drunk, have, you know, go club hopping and stuff like that. You know, uh, in marriage, you know, we have greater responsibilities than that. And it just doesn't appeal to us anymore. And also with married friends, you know, we all may have occurred the same or similar obstacles, just at different time periods. And we can all discuss how it affected us differently and things to look for 
I think it's important to have married couple friends because that video you sent me on YouTube where that guy was talking about like marriage and he said something so profound where, you know, marriage, married people recruit married people, single people recruit single people, divorced people recruit divorced people. And, you know, your married friends, those who are happily married, let me say that, those who are happily married will steer you in the right direction or they will ask you the type of questions that will make you think or like they may defend your mate in the situation and you may not like it but that means they have both of y'all best interests at heart and I feel like your married friends do fight for you to stay married they don't want to see you guys break up and they know they know like marriage and love has cycles so I think it's important to have married friends but not only married friends the right and happy married friends because you don't want unhappy married friends around right is it a struggle to maintain individuality when you get married Um, i don't think it is i don't think it is uh but it also depends on um if you've done the work for yourself prior to being married and you know who you are as a person so I can only speak for myself. Um, it definitely hasn't been a struggle for me um, and knowing who I am and, you know, maintaining my personal goals and things that I want to achieve um, has been a struggle. But that also ties into having a supportive partner, a partner who supports your individuality and your goals and your milestones and things you want to get done. I had to learn that. I think in the beginning when we got married, I had a lot of expectations about marriage that wasn't quite true. Um, I expect that we had to do any and everything together. and But I also had a part of me that would, you know, be always gone in the streets with my girls because I had real loyalty code to the girls, which I've had to, you know, alter lately as I've grown up. But now, like, no, now I don't think it's hard. Now it's like, you know, I enjoy that we don't like to do everything together because it gives us time and it gives us space. Like, I know, like, some couples love to work out together. Me and you found out quickly that we don't, we both like to work out just not with each other. And it's not even, it's not, like, offensive. It's just, like, you do your thing. I do my thing. And it's just, like, we can go to the gym together, but I will go to the gym and I see you for an hour and vice versa because we're just doing our own thing. So I don't think it's hard. Um, I think it's needed um, so that, you know, you do feel like you have some sort of like space. And then when you become parents too, like you have to learn how to create space for yourself because not only are you married, now you got a child. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you spend time with your significant other when you're long distance? Um, you communicate frequently. I think, uh, you know, with, with it being 2021, there's so many different ways you can communicate. Uh, you got FaceTime, you got Snapchat, you got Instagram. I think whatever mode that you use, I think you need to just use it frequently and take the time to see each other. Because uh, I know when we were between two cities, you know, we didn't go a month without seeing each other. I would, I would even say we didn't go three weeks without seeing each other. No, don't don't get okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. I, okay, I might have gasped you. Not... I might have gasped you a little bit. Of course, it was pre-COVID, but no, it was no more than like a month. I think maybe twice we went, like more than a month. But it was like because I was gonna see you for like a big weekend or like when I actually moved. 
So, um, but yeah, like you said, communication is key, setting out dates when you're going to see each other, like putting them on the calendar, um, you know, sexy videos, pictures, if that's your thing, keep it spicy. Um, and then when you are in like contact with them, like make sure that time is for you. Like I know I would come visit you. You know, my sisters were like 30 minutes up the road or like an hour up the road at that point before we had moved. And I would be like, no, I'm in town to see Wes. I'm not in town to see y'all. Like I'm in town. So when you are in town, you know, if you have do have family or friends, like may, be sure that you see your mate and you give your mate that attention that they mm-hmm. need. Okay. This section is all about marital advice um, for newlyweds and things of that sort. So. What is your number one piece of advice that you would give a couple that is about to get married? Something that you may not have heard from someone else, but have learned from experience. Um, uh, something that has stuck with me all uh, throughout these years. I say, be ready to forgive often and forget always. Explain. I knew you were going to ask me that. Okay, so <laughs> uh, in marriage, you know, you're going to have communication issues, uh, compromising issues, and it's not to each other's fault. It's just that you're learning more about each other each day. You know, I think uh, a couple of Thanksgivings ago, you, you just learned that I know how to deep fry a turkey. Not going to get into that, but okay, you, know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you learn something new every day. Um, but Y'all may have disagreements and it may not always be the best method, but you have to be able to forgive, uh, forgive each other, but always forget about it. Like, don't forgive each other with the intent of bringing it back up in a disagreement like one month, two months, six months later down the line. If you're going to forgive somebody, truly forgive them uh, for whatever they may do to you. If If they did something to hurt you, please let them know. At, at, at during that time of discussion and let it all out so that they can truly forgive you. They can understand what impact it made on you. But once that is done and over, forget it. Just move past it and don't worry about bringing it up because all you're doing is just pulling the scabs off all over again. You got to restart the healing process all over again. That's true. I would say, I've been thinking about this question a lot. Um, Do not expect your partner to just like do things for you. And the reason why I say that is because when you get married, like you expect like your partner, like I've heard people say, well, like he's supposed to take out the trash. That's his job. He's supposed to cook. That's her job. And it's just like, no, like, you know, there's going to be times where your partner's not going to want to take out the trash or they're not going to want to cook. you know, so, you know, everything that they do for you is out of the will of them wanting to do it. So be appreciative. Always say thank you and please the best you can. Um, but I always, that's why I always tell you thank you. I always say please, even as for the little things, because it's out of your free will that you want to do it and it's not an expectation. So that's something that I had to learn. What was the most challenging part about being newlyweds? Mm. I would say being separated our first year of marriage we didn't even celebrate our first year anniversary because we that was that was that that was real stressful and difficult because i want to say right after like within our first year of marriage i got deployed uh i got deployed for a while and 
not only was I, you know, struggling dealing with reintegration, it was struggling with dealing with, you know, us growing uh, in two separate directions and how do we get back on track? Did you feel like your first year of marriage was difficult as folks say it's going to be? And again, I would say not in the aspect that we thought because we really weren't together. I would say for me, our second year of marriage was harder than our first because we were so separated. So I was just excited to see you. But that also swept a lot of issues under the rug because you were in and out. So like I would know like not to pick an argument. I'm not about to see you for three weeks. Like, why would I do that right now? And I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. you did the same thing. Yeah, it does cover a lot of things up, leave a lot of things like left, you know, just floating in the air. Um, and I think when we came back and I finally was, you know, grounded, not going anywhere, that's when we began to, you know, work through a lot of issues and a lot of communication problems and things started really taking a positive turn. And what was the first thing that changed after getting married, if any? Mm, first thing to change my closet space, my closet space changed, uh, the amount of space I get to occupy in the bathroom sink changed. That changed. Oh, uh, no, um, I think everything changed. Like when you become married, it's a different feeling. It's a, it's a feeling, uh, and I can only say this from a male standpoint. Uh, you feel a relentlessness to always protect and provide for your partner. Like regardless of what happens in the world, you know that you need to hustle and get it done and make sacrifice for the better part of your family like you or got like whatever you can do you will do that and go above and beyond to make sure that your family does not go without anything true i think for me what changed after marriage in a sense speaking from a woman's perspective was the commitment part um realizing like i'm an actual wife um and just like knowing like wanting to just take care of you and like nurture you that's gonna sound weird but it's just like just wanting to make sure that you know your home was peaceful I was your peaceful space especially with being married to a black man like you get it tough in the world but when you come home like not to say that I don't say what I need to say now and you know let you know when I feel type of way but just you know making sure out of the norm that your home is your safe place and you know women as much as we don't like to say we Mm -hmm. are good at nurturing so that's for me and then last question how do you continue to guard your relationship from outside Um, factors keeping your private life private just like that just like that Mm. Like I yep. wish, I wish we had that Beyonce, Jay Z, you know what I'm saying? Security. I don't know, I don't know what they're doing, but boy, you Ooh. don't see nothing. Um, but just keeping your life private, man, because I know people love to do all these status updates and all this. Live vicariously through Facebook, like their whole life is on Facebook, and they just oh, me and Bay this, me and Bay that, me and Bay this. Next thing you know, me and Bay broke up, me and Bay going through hard times. Like, Ooh. how about you and Bay sit down? And you and Bay just work through your issues privately, and because when you let other people in, now you let their thoughts get in your head. 
keep your relationships safe from outside factors. Um, not all your friends have your best interest in heart. Um, and that's why I said it's important to have married friends to talk to about your relationship. But also keep in mind that all your, your relationship doesn't need to be shared with everybody. Like There's going to be times where you and your partner have huge fights and you can, you know, you in the moment you tell your friends and your friends don't forgive them, but you forgive them because that's the love of your life. That's who you choose to be with. And yeah, and so that causes strife. It can cause tension. So I would say, you know, keeping y'all secret, y'all relationship between y'all. Um, and then, you know, if you do have those tough moments, like seek counseling, you know, therapists are paid to mm -hmm. not tell your secrets. So counseling, um, make sure you have the right supportive people around you and that, you know, won't tell your business. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, just have a mentality of it's us against the world in everything. Like, you know, we both have best friends of like the same same sex but like at the end of the day my loyalty and my root of my best friend is, is you and everyone right. that's married knows that everyone knows that like your partner is your best friend like you can still have best friends like I both of my best friends like we're looking at 15 16 years for both of them but like we're all married and I know at the end of the day they are supposed to choose their mates over me at any moment and I'm not mm -hmm. to get offended and vice versa. Uh, dang, that's my so best friend. That's that. my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, babe, I have enjoyed having you in the chair and you know, listening to you give advice. And I hope that we have reached some married people, single engaged people, and we've given them like a, you know an unfiltered version of marriage advice. Yeah, well, thanks for having me here. Um, I definitely hope that somebody uh, gains and receives something from this. Uh, it's been great being here and just being able to bring a lot of things to the table that people don't talk about and just being 100% with it, just honest and open. Hey, Queen. Thanks for listening to the Black Woman Unfiltered podcast. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other Black queens like you, who are searching to hear stories about Black women finding their purpose and owning their truth, find the show. If you want to hear more from me, follow me on Instagram at Black Women Unfiltered Podcast. Also, check out the website at www.blackwomanunfiltered.net for weekly episode recaps. As always, have a great week.